ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am rolling along here on the program on this uh, Thursday. Talking a little NFL, getting heated up for the playoff weekend. Bills and Bengals, Sunday 3 o'clock in Buffalo, Orchard Park. Looking forward to uh, this one for... You know, storylines plenty. getting ready for this one as we uh, bring in our friend from Wham! in Rochester, Dan Fates. And, uh, Dan, welcome in, as always, and uh, actually going to get the game uh, this time. We know everything that happened last time when these two teams were on the field. Like, Are, are we getting the conclusion to the movie this week? Do you think DeMar's going to be like midfield, waving to the crowd before the game and, you know, ovation and just, like, cap the sports movie, roll the credits? Yeah, I think that's what we're hearing. Obviously, there was some reports that he was going to be at the game last week um, against Miami, but then he tweeted that he was still recovering um, at home. We're hearing some whispers that that he could be at the game. Um, Sean McDermott did say this week that he's um, at the facility nearly daily. Um, He's not doing any sort of football meetings or anything like that, but just starting to get into a routine of, you know, being back to normal. So I would guess that when McDermott says that, he wouldn't say that if there wasn't a strong possibility of seeing DeMar uh, back out on the field. And I, I am like half joking, but this, like the last two two weeks or three weeks, well, I don't even know, whatever it's been now, four weeks, yeah. I've lost track of time because um, it feels like it's been 98 years that we've been talking yeah. about this now. This, this is actually going to be a movie sometime. I, I don't know if it's going to be a Lifetime movie or, or like a, a big screen movie, but so, someone's making this movie within the next few years. I, I can feel it in my bones. Especially if he said the Bills go on and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean that would be that would be even better and, and the motivation that this team has. But yeah, and, and obviously it it appears that it's a movie that has is going to have a happy ending. And right. I think that's the most important thing because you know, when I talked to you after Cincinnati, we didn't really when I was coming back from Cincinnati, we didn't really know how this was right. gonna go. And and obviously both teams have downplayed the DeMar situation this week. You know, we've asked them how they're going to handle the emotions, and look, it's the same teams. And I was just talking to Gary Miller. He's a sports anchor. He used to be on ESPN. Now he's at the um, the Sinclair Station in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And he said that even more for the Bengals players was them playing the Ravens the following week on the same field where that happened. So like, he's like, they had to go out there, play on the field, be on the logo, see DeMar's number, you know, the three outlined to the 30s. Like, that was emotional for them. Like, this now just kind of turns into a football game, which I'm sure we're all relieved that it can be that way. I've, I've not thought about the show Up Close with Gary Miller in a minute, but that, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's a good callback right there, right, Gary? Still a good guy, yeah. yeah. He was all over ESPN back, back in the day. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It, like the emotion... Uh, on the field Sunday is going to be wild for for all of those reasons, and then they're going to go out and play a football game, and they're going to play like a a football game that means a lot. Like, what what are you feeling going into this game? Like, Josh Allen made some of the best throws you're ever going to see last week, and then did some of the stupidest stuff you're ever going to yeah. see last week. What what are you making of where the Bills are at right now? Last week was such a weird game, Brian. I was on the field and and I looked over at some of the other photographers on the field before the game, or right around kickoff. And, uh, and whether it was because it was a Sunday at 1 o'clock, whether because it was the Dolphins, you know, a division team that they, you know, kind of have a rivalry, you know, budding with there, um, or whether it was the fact that it was Skylar Thompson, it didn't feel like a playoff game. It really didn't. Right. I looked around and I said, this feels like a, a preseason or a week three game against a team you face all the time. 
this I expect to be electric. This I expect to live up to the hype and then some that we all, I remember being in Cincinnati pregame. It was, I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is why I love my job being on the field here in Cincinnati. Like that place was rocking. That felt like a playoff game. So yeah, there's a ton of line. And I did a, a video on the Buffalo plus YouTube channel. Cause you, cause you said it best. Josh Allen made some great throws and he also made some really bad plays. And I think he fell in love with the fact of the home run ball. Yeah. And, and while, and while you can say, well, you know, he had one-on-one one-on-one 50 yards down the field is still not as high of a percentage <laughs> as the running back out of the backfield who's five yards away. And there's nobody near him. Like, yeah, there's calculated risks. And so I always remember Trent Dilfer always talked about it. And it, it's so accurate when he talks about the great quarterbacks are never bored with the four and five yard completions. Like, Take what the defense gives you. He always used the analogy of take the cheese. Take what you have. Don't always want something more. That if, you, if they're giving it to you, take it. So just take the, the, the American cheese, the mozzarella. He's like, don't always try and get the Gouda or the fancy cheese all, all down the field. Like, take what you can get. And I think that's what Josh has to get back to. Look, he's done that. I'm not sitting here saying that Josh can't do that. But James Cook and Devin Singletary didn't have a single catch against Miami. And that just can't happen. You need to be able to kind of, you, you can kill teams with a thousand paper cuts. It's what Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have done for years. And this home runner strikeout against the Dolphins led to some turnovers, led to a strip sack, which led to a touchdown. Um, and, and I don't think that's the way you're going to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You know, I, I forget the exact stat that I saw after the game, but it, it was something to this effect that like Allen this past week, he had the the largest. It was like a yardage per pass attempt yeah. in in the playoffs. I forget how long it was, but it was like decades. Like it was a it was a crazy number like that for how often he was throwing it down the field. Yeah, and Brian, I, I do this report card every Monday. You know, and I kind of grade each position, and I graded Josh with a with a B. And people were, you know, some people were like, "Well, like he threw for three hundred fifty yards and three touchdowns." Yeah, yeah, he did. But Josh on Sunday single-handedly kept both teams in the game. Right. And that's not necessarily a compliment. Like, you can't ignore the fact of what happened. And it's okay to criticize Josh. Like, uh, for, like I think so much often people are like, well, how can you do that? It's like, because he wasn't his best. And it's, it's nice that when he doesn't have his A game, he can still throw for 350 yards. Like, that's a positive. But he knows he needs to be better. And obviously, the boring plays are important. And it's like a golfer. Everybody that, that the great golfers and then the, the pretty good golfers, they, they both hit balls into the woods. And everybody thinks, well, the pro golfers just know how to thread the needle through the trees. No, the pros just punch it out. They take their medicine. They don't always try and be the hero on every single shot. And that's what Josh has to realize. Uh, and, he and he does. And he does. He does know that. I, I don't mean to say that like we're still looking at this. Mm-hmm. Look, the last few years he's had improved his completion centered completion percentage massively. It was 69% in 2020. It's been 63% the last two years. But each of his last five games, Brian, he's been under 63%. And I think that's just being a little bit too aggressive. And Josh talked about it. It's a fine line between aggressive and reckless. And while they don't want to play scared, they need to play smart. Uh, and, you know the the other side of the coin, and you know, like, well, why why do you put up with that with, with him? Like the the touchdown pass he threw to Dawson Knox. Like that that is Unreal. shortlist one of the like he he glued it to his hand. I don't know how that I don't know how any of that play happened. And like who yep. else in the league is doing that? 
Exactly. And so, like, you kind of live with that. And that's where the Brett Favre comparisons come in. And that's why, no matter how much Ken Dorsey, and I always joke around about, like, Dorsey and Allen don't want Josh to run as much. That's fine. Then don't call a run. But once <laughs> the ball is snapped, even if it's a pass play, Josh is going to be Josh. And they have no control over him. And I remember I, I went back and during, the, during COVID, and I caught up with his Wyoming coaches. And I don't know if I've told this story before, but he talks about how uh, his head coach at Wyoming, they were running a play. And I was like, when did you know that Josh was going to be special? And he's like, we were on this play. We were running this play where the ball was supposed to be thrown to the fullback and the flat was the first read. And instead, Josh threw a ball 65 yards down the field to the, to the wide receiver who caught it for a touchdown. And everybody went wild. And the coach went over to Josh and said, look, great throw. But, like, understand the play is designed to go to the fullback in the flat. And he goes, sorry, coach, but Brett Favre always said touchdowns first. Like, that, <laughs> that is Josh Allen's attitude. And that's never going to change. It's just also learning how to, how to rein it in at times. And I'm getting off on a tangent, but, like, that's where Brian Dable was, was really, really good at it and holding him accountable. And I don't know if Ken Dorsey's exactly at that point yet. And uh, we're now at the point in Dan Fates from uh, Wham in Rochester. It used to be Sean McVay. Like, if you knew Sean McVay, you got head coaching interviews. Like, <laughs> everyone that everyone that's met, uh, like, Brian Dable now is getting head, head coaching interviews. Uh, what, Dorsey yeah. at Carolina and, like, all the Giants guys. And it's great because, you know, Daniel Jones just had the best game of his career last week. So it's working yep. out well for all the teams that we like to talk about, which is good for us. All right, uh, Dan, playoff Gabe Davis. Is this officially a thing? Like, is he is he just a big-time playoff guy now? Sure seems like it, doesn't it? Like, like again, they're, they're downplaying it, saying that this is how Gabe's been all year. But he's a difference maker, and when and when he gets going, it opens up a lot, a lot. And while I think it's totally okay, I know some people are like, "Well, Josh will say, well, you can't force the ball to Stephon Diggs.' I think you can. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely okay to force the ball to somebody. Just maybe he's wearing number fourteen. Yeah. But when they take that away, look, Cole Beasley is not what we hoped for. It was kind of what I expected that, you know, he looks like a guy that's been on his couch for the last year, which, which he has. And, and, you know, Isaiah McKenzie has been injured and Khalil Shakira has shown moments. Um, but Dave has had the expectations of stepping into this top 20 wide receiver and, and really elevating to be that true number two guy alongside Stefan Diggs. And it's what we all thought after the game in Kansas city. And it just hasn't, amounted to that whether it's his ankle injury confidence one thing or another he's kind of had another so-so year um but man he he just seems to be a guy that at times has risen to the occasion of of big playoffs josh allen says that you know nothing's different about gabe um but i can tell you this that yes he has had problems with drops i've never seen somebody be on the jugs machine as long as he was after practice yesterday when we were there for the media portion i think he went through five or six I lost count of how many laundry baskets he went through of footballs, but it ended up accounting for like 45 to nearly an hour long of him just catching passes all over the place. Um, And he said it was also because of Von Miller this week, motivated the team, brought in a replica Lombardi trophy, put it in the equipment room and said, you guys said you'd do anything for this. So here they are. And Gabe, Gabe said that struck a nerve with them. And he said, well, I want them to know that they can trust me here. So that's why he was doing it for an hour after practice. Um, So yeah, I, you know, for uh, for those people that like to you know to bat, Gabe Davis over receiving yards. I'm I'm all about it this week. Okay, there's uh, there's one to add on to the tally. We've been talking prop uh, prop bets this whole hour yeah. here. Um, you know, a guy the Bills may still like to have, but he's now a Giants great. Uh, tell me what you know about uh, Isaiah Hodgins because he, he's been like I didn't know who this guy was two months ago. Yeah, and now he's like a legitimate, really good NFL wide receiver for Daniel Jones. 
Yeah, he was the training camp darling this year. There, there's one every year, and everybody goes, well, I can't believe it. And it's always the perfect example, Brian, where the fans on the team know about him because of training camp, and you obviously get more opportunities, and he did play well. He'd been injured his first two years. Look, he was a seventh-round pick out of Oregon State, and just never really, never really got a shot. And you're like, okay, he was on the practice squad. And it was always the case, when, whether it was Duke Williams or somebody else, where people go, well, you can't put him on the practice squad. Somebody's going to pick him up. Like, every single team has somebody like that, and right. then they go on the practice squad, and nobody picks him up. And obviously, Brian Dable, with the, de- the depletion of wide receivers in New York, it's a familiar face. They knew him. They were able to bring him in. I don't think this is some case where the Bills are going, man, I can't believe we let Isaiah Hodgins go. But it's been a perfect fit for Dable and his system and, and being that safety net for Daniel Jones. And I can tell you that everybody in Western New York is very happy for Hodgins to get this chance. I guarantee you that McDermott and Bean are saying the same exact thing. It's just one of those cases where it's a numbers game and you weren't going to keep a six-wide receiver on the roster, and he just ends up being the one that's out. Yeah, and the Giants trade away their first-round pick in Kadarius Tony and get him, and, uh, you know, guess yep. who's better in the National Football League? It's Hodgins, and yeah. he's been outstanding. All right, uh, speaking of prop bets, Dan, and uh, quickly, just a, a yes or no from you on this. Uh, last segment, our, our producer, Josh, we put together, he picks one anytime touchdown guy from every game this weekend and makes a little parlay. He had me pick his guys this week, so now I'm on the Ooh. hook, so if it all falls apart for him. So uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I picked James Cook from the Bills game. Love it. I think he has emerged as the true number one running back. Devin Singletary has been great in short yardage situations, which is weird to say about a guy that's like five foot seven, but he has been very physical on third and one and third and short, but they are now leaning more and more on James Cook. He fumbled his first touch ever in the National Football League, hasn't fumbled since. I think that they're leaning on him more and more. I like the play. All right, so uh, there you are, Josh. Uh, I have made the play, but if he doesn't score now, I'm passing the blame along. I'm passing the blame along yes. to Dan because he seconded the pick. Now, he also loved it, so that means it's really good. All right, uh, I liked it. Good stuff, Dan. Enjoy the game Sunday. Hopefully we'll be talking again uh, down the line because that means the Bills are still uh, rolling here in the playoffs, yeah. but uh, we're looking forward to this week, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for always having me on, man. Appreciate right. it. Dan Fates, Wham! in Rochester. Man, that's going to be a good one on Sunday, Chiefs and the Bills. Final break. Final wrap. What's on temp on this hour brought to you by William Matar at 444-4444. When we come back after this, IQSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.